Hello and welcome back to this, the Nostalgia FC podcast. I'm Drew Hollins-Roberts. And I'm George Thomas. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of football and history and obscure football players. Yeah, so each week we'll get a guest on who will give us their favourite starting 11, super sub, manager, stadium and kit. Yeah, and this week's guest is an old school friend of mine and George's named Joe Richards. You may recognise him as a star of an episode of Bargain Hunt, uh, although maybe not. Anyway, without further ado, this is Joe Richards and this is Nostalgia FC. Welcome, Joe. Hello. Glad How to are we be doing? Here. Very well, thank you very much. Good man, good man. Joe, big football fan? Of a huge. That is helpful for this fan. podcast. It'd be brilliant yeah. if you weren't. I'll take that box. <laughs> Who do you support, Joe? I am a massive Stoke City fan. Go on, the Potters. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, blessed with that curse from a young age. <laughs> um, it's helped me deal with many disappointments in my life. <laughs> yeah, I Char- wouldn't have it any other way. Character building, I would suggest, being a Stoke Yeah, fan. you could say that, yeah. yeah. You could just, say that. Just to disappoint you a little bit further as well, you are the first fan of a non-Premier League side on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, there you go. George, yeah. yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> I'm always here to help out. We were, we were 10 years, right? <laughs> Yeah, a long time, aren't it? When did they, yeah. they get relegated? 2015? Uh, oh, yes, 15-16 season. God, it's a lot longer um, now. Yeah, well, we've done, this is our third season in the Championship now. And we can't get out of it. No. But on, onwards and upwards, I mean, we've appointed Michael O'Neill. He's done an amazing job. This, he came in this time last year, maybe a couple of, maybe a little bit, a couple of weeks before now. But when he came in, we were rock bottom, zero points. And now... We're sitting, well, we played this evening, didn't we? Yeah, we're now sitting seventh, I think, after the game, QPR, you know, and we've got, we've now matched our our away record of keeping five clean sheets, you know, so it's just onwards and upwards playing yeah, the he's doing something, right? Yeah, he's doing, we've got great signings, Stephen Fletcher, uh, John McCall Obi, or John Obi McCall. Fantastic, yeah, so we're getting there. Is he still playing? There. He is. He is, and he, he's wearing he red and white. He's not that old, you know. He's a, he's he's. I think he's like thirty-two, something like that. Fair play. But he's he's yeah, he's, he's doing a, he's pulling up trees, you know. Doing a great job. Fair play. And yeah, Stephen Fletcher as well. Stephen Fletcher, I think he's about thirty-six, and he scored about five or six goals already for Stoke. So what a legend! Brilliant player. Let's get into this team, shall we? Before we get going, Joe, what is your formation? I've gone for a four three one two formation. Four three one two. Yeah, we've not had that one before. Well, we'll do what we normally do and uh, start at the back. So, uh, do you want to give us your goalkeeper, Joe? All right, I've gone for the ultimate sweeper keeper in Rene Higuita. <laughs> right, Colombian it's legend. The the Colombian legend. Right, and I mean. Whenever I think of goalkeepers, I mean, I could have thrown in the greatest goalkeepers who graced the Premier League and Jack Butler and Asmir Begovic, but I thought I'd save them. <laughs> yeah, Rene Aguita. I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched that YouTube clip. The I was going to say, is it, is it for the one clip? <laughs> it's for the sheer audacity of that scorpion kick, of that save from Jamie Redknapp. I think it was 95. I mean, I'm too, I'm too young to um, 
have seen it, but I've seen the, the YouTube clips. And I've also done a bit of research on him as well. He actually scored 41 goals in his career as well. Were any of them scorpion kicks? No. Oh, <laughs> he did that once. But yeah, he, he turned out to be a free kick specialist. And penalties. That's the thing with that. Oh. With, with South American goalkeepers. If you remember the legendary Rogerio Saini, Sao Paulo right. goalkeeper, he scored an outrageous amount of free kicks in his career. Yeah. I never, but, I never get it. Like, you get, fair enough if, if a keeper's good at free kicks, but say it hits the wall, you're fucked. Oh, you've got to run back, haven't you? <laughs> oh, I mean, keepers on, on the quickest, I guess. I mean, this guy's uh-huh. nickname was El Loco, so you can yeah, imagine I that mean, yeah, even if enough. he did hit the wall, he's probably going to drop kick the next person that comes near him. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. And also, he's the reason for the back pass law. Is he really? Oh, really? He is, he is the reason. The back, I've done my research. No, he, he is, yeah. I don't, I don't know the specifics reasons around it, but he is the reason why you cannot pick the ball up now. God, well, that's that's a good little fact. That Fair a good fact. You, go. There you, go. you came for the podcast. <laughs> you stay for the facts. All right. <laughs> Every day is a school day. <laughs> what a choice! I love that though. Yeah, Rene Higita. For anyone who doesn't know. Iconic Colombian goalkeeper. You will have seen a picture of him if you didn't know already because he had the most outrageous haircut going. He wore extremely flamboyant goalkeeper shirts, as were common in the 80s and early 90s. And also uh, performed, as Joe was describing, a scorpion kick to save a goal for no reason whatsoever. He didn't have to I do think it. Just, just to prove he could. If, any, if, if anyone's not like listening to this now, hasn't seen it, please... Listen to the rest of the podcast first, but go and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> it's so good. It is unbelievable. Imagine if you'd I mean, let that in, though. Exactly. The sheer audacity of trying it. And, and if that went in, I mean, he would have had egg on his face, wouldn't he? Yeah. Maybe a bit more. <laughs> yeah. What they don't but, show you is the 100 other times he tried it and missed it completely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as long as he got it once. All right. Great choice for the goalkeeper, Joe. Let's move Thank into you. your defence. Your choice, left fullback or right fullback? I'm going for my left back. Left back, all right. Right. And there, ain't, there isn't any better left back that, that you can even think of. It is Roberto Carlos. Oh, yes. I mean, name a better left back. I don't think you can. I, I mean, you can. he has just a phenomenal, phenomenal career. He, he had over like 370 appearances for Real Madrid. He got well over 100 appearances for Brazil. He had a hell of a free kick on him. Amazing player. I think we've mentioned it one on, once on this podcast. But it was that one free kick where he hit it with the outside of his boot, didn't he? Yeah. And almost defied all laws it, of physics in the fact that he went that out and went straight back in. Mm. Oh, it's insane. Unbelievable. Unbelievable player. So he is going straight into my 11. Yeah, and as he should, absolutely unbelievable player. World Cup winner. Copa America winner, won a countless amount of trophies with the Galacticos in Madrid. Like you said, can bang in a free kick from anywhere or just hit them. And was probably a, a big inspiration for a lot of fullbacks who wanted to be a bit more attacking. I think with um, Roberto Carlos as well, he's one of them sort of like, he's got a bit of an edge to him, a bit of a hard man. Yeah, yeah, well, he had that about him, didn't he? Yeah, he can do Definitely the, the, he can do the soft the skills. No, no, not the tallest, but he can do like the the nice passes and the, the nice free kicks. But if you wanted to, he can just smash you and then smash a worldie into the top corner from 30 yards. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly right. 
I'm from fullback. You can't ask for much more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, apart from defending, but I'm pretty sure he was a good defender as well. Oh, yeah. You forget, oh, he's got to do a defending as well, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an oversight for the modern fullback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You don't, I mean, fullbacks nowadays are just wingers that go a bit further back, aren't they? Yeah. Left back Smashing. in the bag. Go right over to my other. Yeah, from the other side. You go, you go. Run with it. I I really struggle with this position, right? Because there's quite a lot of players who who I could have slotted in. But I've got to give it to someone who I admired. It's got to go to the legend that is Cafu. Cafu. Oh, wow. Two legendary fullbacks there. Yeah, it's looking strong already, isn't it? You know? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Cafu, amazing player. He is the right back that I think, think of straight away. I think he's the most capped player for Brazil as well. I think he's sort of the benchmark that all right-backs are compared to. Yeah. And, yeah. and rightly so. Like you said, unbelievable player. Absolutely. If you look what he did in Italy, you think like a big thing for Milan, but really he's actually made his name at Roma and then moved to yeah. Milan on a, a free transfer, which is a hell of a deal for AC, fair play. Part of that iconic AC team with like Perlo and Gattuso and... Yeah, them big I think when, when I first really getting in, got into football, like towards like oh eight, oh nine, that sort of area, like he was coming towards the end of his career, like. But like looking to more like when you look at like YouTube clips of him and his tackles and just he just a fantastic player, really was. Yeah, yeah but he no. he again was a two time World Cup winner, won it in ninety four and two thousand and two, runner up in ninety eight. So obviously part of an iconic. Brazilian team, which was just dominating in that time period. And obviously yeah. was a, big, a big part of that was him. And it, it, it's mad as well, like the amount of talent that was in that era of a Brazil team. And to think that their two fullbacks were also a part of that. Like you don't usually think of the fullbacks in, in a big team at that, but... Yeah, yeah they were a fantastic team though, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. There, yeah. There, wasn't, there wasn't a weak link. There is, there is a bit of theme to your team at the moment in the fact that they're all South American um, are. are we carrying that theme on with the centre-backs? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely Straight up. Not. Straight up. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. Uh, I, I, right, I'm going to start off with one of my centre-backs. Okay. Boys, he is, quite frankly, the best centre-back who's ever graced the Premier League. I'm talking about Ryan Shawcross. Ryan Shawcross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this man, right, he is Mr Stoke City. Out and out. I mean, when you think of Stoke, it's Ryan Shawcross. Yeah. Straight away. A lad from Chester, you know, he came through, came to us from Manchester United, age 17. He's then gone on to having more than 373 appearances for Stoke. And the majority of that is as captain as well. And he really has. I mean, he's, he's seen us through. We had a great cup run in the FA Cup. We've obviously promotion season. We brought him in for the promotion season. Shortly after that, we signed him, I think in the January. We got him on loan. Tony Pugh was for, you know what, we're going to sign this lad. And we got him in the January, we got promoted. And then, obviously, we had a spell in Europe as our captain as well. Yeah. Just a fantastic, fantastic very, centre-back. Very loyal servant to Stoke City, as you said. Oh, absolutely. I mean, One of those players away. He was always touted for a move, but never went. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, which was, it's a shame that his international career never really took off either. Because he had probably his best seasons were like 09-10 season, 11, all that. About three years in the middle of being in the Premier League, he was a fantastic, fantastic yeah. player. He's got one cap for England, and it was um, the game where it, I think it was a friendly against Sweden. 
and uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic <laughs> scored that goal. What a um, goal. And, short, and it was actually Shortcross who came inches away from clearing it off the line. Oh. You watch the clip back and you just see Shawcross. He just nearly got it. It's just such a shame that it, it never took off. But he could have actually actually played for Wales. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember this bit of yeah. controversy because obviously Ryan Shawcross, hard tackling bloke, actually ruined Aaron Ramsey's leg. Yeah. I remember, oh, this, I remember yeah. this story exactly because Chris Coleman was the manager of Wales at the time and he said yeah. he'd have to consult Aaron Ramsey to ask him if he would be okay with Ryan Shawcross playing for Wales. And then Ryan, oh, Shawcross, really? said, Ryan Shawcross was like, nah, mate, I want to play for England, don't worry about it. So it never came to fruition, but yeah, it no. was thing where they actually had the conversation of, yeah, be okay if the guy that broke your leg played in the same team as you. But, but have you ever seen, have you seen the clips from that, right? From, from that injury? Yeah. And, Ryan was absolutely devastated. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, it wasn't and, intentional. You can never say. Oh no, it. no, definitely not. You know, I've, I've I've met him once or twice. I mean, obviously he's always nice to the fans and that. But didn't you try don't break see your leg, him. No, definitely didn't try to break my leg. Um, but um, you can see like the lad was absolute distraught after it. You know, and God, you and would this, be, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, many many would argue as well that Ryan Shawcross is better than Messi because we know that Ryan Shawcross can do it on a cold, rainy night in Stoke. So, absolutely, yeah. Just going to stop the clock there. <laughs> I was going to see how long it would take for that quote to come up. <laughs> I, it needed to come in once, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. Shawcross, a great defender. He needs a partner. Who have you got? I mean. Name a better partnership than Shawcross and Hoos. There we go. Well, it might be. You know, the square-headed German, that is Robert Hoof. <laughs> he is an unbelievable player. It's such a shame that he just didn't couldn't make it into the Mark Hughes era. Yeah. Um, you know, we had him, he was our, he was player of the season one season, I think it was like 2010, 2011. And uh, he, he just, oh, unbelievable, man. He, he, he'd put his head on anything. You know, he'd run for a brick wall for Stoke, he would. Honestly, he really would. And probably chew off someone's ankles at the same time. He was just <laughs> an absolute hard man. Another bite your uh, legs. Oh, absolutely. He, oh, yeah, and as you say, you said on this podcast before, VAR would have hated him. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. he, oh, he is the ultimate in shithousery. Yeah. There's, there's quite, a theme, isn't there, form. from like old, like I know he, he's not technically what he classes an old school uh, centre back. He's only retired recently, isn't he? <laughs> That's a running theme, isn't it? That absolutely VAR would hate these players. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like your Vidic, your, your Hoof, your Shawcross. You know, all of these players like they did have no chance against. What I love in a defender or in a centre back or whatever. If they can get booted in the face, blood streaming down their face, and just be bandaged up and carry on and do more headers. I mean, just it's one of the it's one of the best things, isn't it? It's seeing a centre back running around with the with their bandage head on. bandaged up. Yeah, yeah. After his his face has just been poured with blood, you know, <laughs> for getting on the end of a shot or something, and for him to just stand up and carry on. It's yeah, fantastic player. Well, obviously he left those didn't he? You know, he couldn't make couldn't make the outfit for Mark Hughes. You know, he he went on to greener pastures, didn't he? The next season. He won the Premier League with Leicester. Yeah. I, bet when he, so, I bet when he agreed to join Leicester, he's like, oh, just sort of like a sideways move. Yeah, on and the way And then he's down, like, oh, you know, just won the Premier yeah. League. 
Oh, would you look at that? Oh, cheers, Wes. Yeah, it's been a good, good season, isn't it, Morgan? Yeah, it's been all right, isn't it? Yeah, funnily enough, though, he actually won the Premier League twice beforehand as well with yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, a lot of people forget that he came up through the ranks in Chelsea. Absolutely. Fact about him, he became only the seventh player to win the Premier League with two teams. Oh. There you go. Oh, wow. wow. I'm, assuming, I'm assuming there's more now. Yeah, there's more now, but at the yeah. time that he won it in 2015, 16, right. uh, he was the seventh ever to do that. I was, I was just going to say, no offence to Ryan Shawcross and Robert Hooth, but I don't think I would ever have guessed, like imagined a team with them in the centre-backs and Cafu and Roberto Carlos on either side. It's <laughs> amazing. I'd have that defence any day, but like... I mean, yeah. that, that, that defence will save you from wars, won't it? That is a really well. A mix of <laughs> flair, pace, skill, and Robert Hoof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> one hell of a defence, a mean defence. You went for a 4 3 1 2. So in the three, you said yeah. wingers. Have we got two wingers in the three? I've got two wingers and then like a holding defensive midfielder. Do you know what? I don't know what position he played in. But I'm going to start there. Right? Go for it. The lad in the middle, right? I don't know what position he played in, but he's CSK Howie's legend, Joe Gould. Joe Gould, <laughs> go on. Right? And the reason why I put him in my team, because do you remember his outside foot? He used to curl it, yeah. didn't he? he? He only did it like once or twice, but when I saw it, I was like, man, sign him up. <laughs> so, and, uh, bit of context. CSK <laughs> Howie was a uh, six-side team that we, the three of us played together in. Uh, during our college years, or sixth form, um, Joe was the goalkeeper. I was. Me and, me and George played outfield. And then uh, podcast alumni Owen also played. And he actually mentioned a story about one of the other players called Joe Seeley. Yeah. And Joe Gould. Because I only just realised we have three Joes on that team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> what I loved about uh, Joe Gould's shirt as well, wasn't it? Gouldinho. Gouldinho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I thought it was fantastic. I think I've still got my shirt, to be honest. Yeah, I've still got Somewhere. mine. Yeah, There's I have as well. Not a team blessed with the most talent you're ever going to see. How well, many times did we win the wooden spoon? Every oh, time. Well, they actually bought us a wooden spoon. They've never done it before, had they? No. Like, nope. Yeah, I think I've got it somewhere, actually, the wooden spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually using it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Taking yeah. all the... all with all your footballing work. failures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't keep the most clean sheets, I must say, in the league. But um, <laughs> I mean, I think at one point, I think I rushed someone when no one else was allowed in the box, but somehow I got away with it anyway. <laughs> um, you just felt sorry for us at that point. I think most most games he did. I mean, I got my match one one game and I let it in 11 goals, so I don't know how I got the man of the match. It's because yeah, we're that bad. I think that ref liked us as well because we were the only ones that didn't shout at him. But yeah, Joe Guldino, great choice. Like you said, just possess that wonderful skill with the outside of the boot. For no reason, you'd just be like a, mm. a five-yard pass outside of the boot. Yeah. Clearance yeah, yeah. outside of the boot. Yeah. Joe, you, you threw on goal outside of the boot. <laughs> Some say his outside of the boot was better than Roberto Carlos's as well. So. <laughs> hot take, hot take. <laughs> Absolutely. Great choice with the Gouldinho there. <laughs> so you said the, the other two midfielders in this three are wingers. 
I, I was just thinking because it because yeah. it's kind of like the diamond formation, I guess. Then yeah, yeah, you Ish. could say that. Yeah. So I'll go straight on some onto the right. Yep. On the right wing, and I think you both would agree with me here. He is by far my favourite player that I've ever seen play, play football. It's Gareth Bale. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it might be. Yeah. Yeah, I just I love the man. I think he's he can do no wrong in my eyes. Oh God. Um, he, he he absolutely is. He, I mean, I saw I saw him play once when he when he played for Tottenham, um, and he scored. I don't know if you've seen it. It, it was um, the tightest goal you could ever see. It came oh over against the box. Stoke. Yeah, no, against I remember Stoke, they, yeah. they were in the light blue kit, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that, do you know what, that's how I always remember like football memories. What kit they were wearing? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, he, he, he it was off his left foot, and somehow. He managed to get in the goal, and I just remember saying to my dad, "Is like that was a good goal, that you know." Like, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, as well, you know, it's a good goal when they're like the opposition fans are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good." Yeah, yeah. you can't help but applaud it. Absolutely, and then that Real Madrid goal that he scored when he ran off the pitch. Oh, against Barca, uh, it was in the yeah, final, wasn't it? Of the, uh, yeah, Copa del Rey. Yeah, absolutely, and I know a lot of people talk of. Uh, Ronaldo's overhead kick in the Champions League final, but what about Gareth Bale coming on and scoring and winning the the um, Champions League final? Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't have any recollection of that. So yeah, I was going to yeah. say Drew's not Drew's All not right. going to agree with you on that one. So but, um, everyone talks about Ronaldo's one. I think Bale's was better. Oh, it was because he was... he sort of he like he positions his body in the perfect position to just sort of do it. And also, it's not a bigger stage; it's the final yeah. against Liverpool. And he was in Wales. Yeah. And he was in Wales. goal he scored as well. Podcast cancelled. We're just going to uh, move on. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gareth Bale, obviously, scorer of unbelievable goals all throughout his career, including the ones against Liverpool in Champions League final. Yes. Ha ha ha. But like, I, he is he, the most was, disrespected player yeah. of all time, in my opinion. I know there's a, that's a quite yeah. bold statement, but if you win what he won at Madrid, and not even just win it, have such a big hand in all of those trophies that they won. Mm. And then they pretty much just like cart you off back to Tottenham and don't even release any sort of statement to say like, oh, thanks for everything, Gareth. It's just like Gareth Bale joins Tottenham on loan. It's like, it's, oh, yeah. it's just out the Real way, Madrid. It's the way he was treated there because I know near the end, he sort of, people pointed out that he was being a bit disrespectful, you know, like wearing his COVID mask over his eyes, like a sleeping mask on the bench and lying backwards and things yeah. like that playing golf when he was supposed to be training, whatever. Wales, just Golf, like, Madrid. Exactly. Uh, but it's like <laughs> the way he was treated by Zidane, by the club and by the fans as well. Real Madrid fans mm. can turn on someone so quickly. They, did, they even did it with oh, Ronaldo, yeah. who's like their absolute god. Well, I think yeah. it says a lot when Bale's treated like that by Zidane. And if you look at their comparative records, Gareth Bale's record is so much better than Zidane's as a player for Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy when you think about how, how talented Zidane was. I think um, we can't talk about Gareth Bale without touching on his God status in the country we all live in. Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable, inspirational player for generations of, of young Welsh football fans now. Absolutely, yeah. And absolutely. genuinely the best Welsh player ever, in my opinion. Yeah. The best player I've ever seen in a Welsh year. Yeah, he far. just, I think what it is as well. He plays for Wales and he's so passionate about it. There's a, oh, quote, yeah. a quote from the Euros and they said something to him like, what gives you the motivation to come out here and play like this for Wales? And he said, the dragon on my shirt, that's all I need. 
And that, mm. just, that just sat with me. And I was like, God damn, this guy loves whales. God, I love you, Gareth Bale. <laughs> there's, there's something else, like, isn't there? Like, I think a lot of players in the modern game sort of lose it, like having that passion playing for their country. Don't get me wrong, like a lot still love it. But it, some, some players don't carry that passion through into a game. Gareth Bale is one of them. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, like, he's just one yeah. of them where, for Wales as well, he's just... He's just dragged us out of so many bad situations with free kicks yeah. and great goals and just popping up in the right place at the right time. And like he's just this is an inspiration for, for Wales and not just the, the football team, the country, like the way he puts it about, the way he's representing us on the big stages. Mm. You know, he's always passionate mm. about being Welsh as well, which is obviously yeah. great. So yeah. Yeah. Love you guys. I don't I, I don't think he'll ever retire from Wales. No, he'll be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think he will. I honestly think he will. Even he, even though he's at a rival club at the moment as well. I I want to see him do well at that Tottenham side. I really do. I really yeah. hope he re- he really goes back to the to how he was before he left from um for Madrid. Yeah. Because Honestly, he he really was a fantastic. Well, he he still is a fantastic player. Yeah, he's I just plagued a bit really by injuries, is. isn't he? Yeah, I think the only difference is yeah. now he's he's lost a yard of pace, but yeah, he's just adapted his game to be able to be in the right position. And that left foot of his just a wand. Absolutely. We'll move on to your left midfielder then, Joe. Okay, I'm um, right. So this is reaction from the last pod, and you're about to get schooled, right? So. On my left wing, he wasn't a left winger. I'm pretty sure he was, he was just normal uh, central midfielder, but it's Rory Delap. <laughs> All right. To say this man wasn't very good is is just absolutely disgraceful. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I have never seen... Honestly, this is a reaction this. I have never seen right so many teams going to sheer pandemonium because this man was about to throw the ball onto, onto the pitch. <laughs> Well, I think that was the right. point that we made, right? That he, that was all he had. No, it wasn't all he had because, as as you alluded to before, um, in the uh, in the pre-chat, was apparently he scored an overhead kick. Yeah, you know. So Drew Drew you told, can't use that told me. me and Joe before we started recording that he went and searched for Rory's lap footage after after the last episode and found one of him doing an overhead kick goal. So uh, there you go. Yeah. But no, he, do you know what? He, all right, did he okay, throw what? it into himself for that goal? I'd like to think <laughs> yeah, he threw it and then ran on. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think his throwing was the only thing he had, uh, to be honest. But um, anyway, <laughs> but I will never forget. Right, as a Stoke fan, right, the first time I saw him throw a ball, um, and it was against um, QPR. I remember it, and um, he threw it in the first time he threw it in. And we've seen him do a long throw like a couple of games before that, but it, it, it oh it, it sailed through and then went straight to Richard Cresswell, smashed it right in. And I thought, and, and we, we, I think we won the game 3 2. And then I remember going home after it and Googling if he can score directly from the throwing. Because <laughs> um, I wasn't sure. I was like, what have we just seen? Like, can you do that? And of course, you know, you, you can't be offside. Off from nope. the throw-in, can you? So, I mean, whenever we got the throw-ins, you saw you saw Shawcross, you saw the big lads coming up. We even had massive defending Abdullah Fai, and and they, just these big lads, right? They said wasn't the average uh, height of a Stoke player was like six foot two or something. We're talking early early uh, Tony Pulis days in the Premier League, and 
just you could see the terror on the goalkeepers' faces. Like, what, 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 what do we do? Because the, the fella could stand behind. You could have a Stoke player in front and behind the goalkeeper, and it could still go in, and it'll be fine. Yeah, it, it it was just an unbelievable weapon. I'll give you this. I think he is one of the only players where not just the teams have planned for it, but the groundsmen have planned for it. Because I seem to remember yeah. it. it might have been Arsenal, and they moved the advertising boards closer to the throw-in line. Yeah. So that he didn't have as much of a run-up, yeah. Yeah, but what he, he found a loophole of that. So what he did, uh, I remember that, because it was about halfway, the, the throw-in was about halfway into like Arsenal's half. And he actually took a run-up from the halfway line along, <laughs> along the pitch. Al- along the pitch. And it was like, I don't know how to describe it, he, he still got it. He still got <laughs> the throw-in. Um, I think, you know, you know United's ground as well, or Trafford, it has that like little... Area just it just after the, where it just dips off, doesn't it? So how does he do it there? He's just got to pump pump those legs before he gets up to the <laughs> just like running uphill. <laughs> he, he he was like you know you see um, like when footballers train like those those belts that spin round and you push a ball in and it goes far. Like he he would, he probably did that in training where like he was that instrument where Stoke didn't need to buy one of them. So oh, Rory come in, he'll, he'll he'll just throw it for you. I've just got um, in my head the scene from Dodgeball. But instead of him putting the ball, it's just Roy Delap throwing balls at their heads. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then they started throwing spanners <laughs> for, for Hoof so he could get so he can get a stronger head. <laughs> Hoof would head a spanner, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would. <laughs> but another thing on the Roy Delap thing, I remember I was at the game and um, we were playing Hull and the keeper had the ball, and obviously he was getting pressure from, from our striker, and he was about to um, kick out for a throw-in because he's on the sideline, but he stopped, turned around, he kicked out for a corner <laughs> instead. And, I mean, that just goes to show what how much That's fear yeah. was, in, was in that um, throw-in. He actually had a bit of a... When he first came to Stoke, he came from um, Sunderland, and we got him on loan. And the next game, his first game for Stoke, was against Sunderland. Like, so he was playing against his parent club, one of his ex-teammates uh, fouled him. He ended up having a broken leg. Oof. So the first six months of his... Uh, so he was out for the rest of the season. So he just got this got this lad on loan from Sunderland. He, he played his first game against Sunderland and then his ex-teammate broke his leg. It was it was, the, it was the following January of that where Tony Pulisic signed him whilst he was still injured. And then he came in the next season and, and a lot of Stoke fans would agree with me that where... He was quite an instrument in our promotion season. Yeah, fair play. I mean, I think it was over 25 goals came from a throw-in. I mean, and for Stoke, when we're not scoring a high number of goals, you know, that, that's quite a lot. That's quite Very crucial, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I am, absolutely. I would love to see, because he started his career at Carlisle, uh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Imagine the scout that has scouted this young lad from wherever he's seen him, and they've gone, right, what's he like as a footballer? And they were like, yeah, he's good. But <laughs> you want to see him throw a javelin, mate. That's what you want. <laughs> well, that's speaking of the javelin. There's there's a story that he was the javelin champion in in high school, <laughs> and obviously he he he, uh, he transferred that skill into football. But he wasn't he wasn't known for his throw-ins until he came to Stoke. Like he didn't really do it, and then he did it one training session with Tony Tony Pierce and all, all, all the rest. Like and he and then apparently Tony Pierce said, "Well, tell you what, let's just." Let's make a little. Let's do a little set of piece here. Yeah, let, hmm, yeah. Let's run with this. And it was almost as if he saw gold, you know. And obviously, yeah. you know, the rest is history. 
Yeah. Well, I don't oh. want to don't be that guy, but you started this by saying he's got much more than a throw-in, and then you've taken 10 minutes to explain <laughs> <laughs> um, It was very reactionary from uh, the last <laughs> podcast, which it I won't was... be the last podcast when this comes out, obviously. <laughs> I was angry. <laughs> but I, d- I do agree, his, his son uh, seems to be pulling up a couple of trees at Man City. Yeah, there's there's, yeah. yeah there's, there is talk of trying to get, his, get him on loan, Stoke. From uh, throwing specialist Roy Delap, we're going to move on. Uh, so this one is going to be a central attacking midfielder. Are we right? That, that is correct. Who is it going to be? And when we signed this player for Stoke, right? He's a Stoke player, funny enough. Right? When I saw when I saw this player come in, I I don't know how many times I had to read. I watched Sky Sports News over and over again just to make sure I wasn't dreaming. Right? And it's Bojan Kirkage. Yeah. I think yeah. I think he's been mentioned previously on on the pod. He has, yeah. Harry chose him um, and mispronounced his name horribly. <laughs> but this player, I mean, I feel right as a Stoke fan. I feel blessed to have seen this player play in a Stoke shirt because we bought him for one and a half million. Okay, when you consider his stature beforehand, what he was promised to be, and all that sort of thing. He played for what well, he went on loan to Roma, didn't he? From Barcelona, he obviously yep, started at Barcelona. Yep. Went on to play for Roma, AC Milan, and then all of a sudden he's coming to Staffordshire. It's, <laughs> it's like just kicking around in the sure. pottery. Absolutely, and and it was it was almost it was the the rise of the Mark Hughes era. You know, he had that influence in Barcelona, didn't he? And and there was other players coming through like Mark Manieza, Hosselu. Yeah, uh, we we nearly signed Sergio Roberto. Right before he got really, I know, but that was before he was he was really good. So obviously we got the name Stoke Alona from there, didn't we? But (laughs) we, uh, it was it was fantastic, and and he just brought absolute class to a Stoke side that was just we didn't know where where we were going after after Tony Pulis had gone. You know, he it was almost as if like Mark Hughes come in and it's like, do you know what? I'm bringing you this player. There was I, I saw is it Premier League years on um, Sky Sports? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was st- yeah, it's brilliant. Well, I mean, I mean, I have to like watch it with like a, a whiskey and, and just cry. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's you just cry into it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it was Stoke versus Everton, and uh, I was just looking at the lineup, and our front three was Marko Anatovic, Bojan Kerkic, and Jordan Shakiri. And then I look at our like front three now, and it's like Stephen Fletcher, James McLean, and it's like <laughs> Sam what is what Sam? V- no, he's not. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that one like, hurt. You could hear that one cut deep. <laughs> oh, honestly, he's not. Oh, he's great for Wales. He's fantastic for Wales. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sorry. You yeah, but you're right. Help. That that um, second line was great. I remember Arnautovic being an absolute killer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, monster, wasn't he? Absolutely. He really, really was a fantastic player. Going back to Bojan, like, he actually stayed with Stoke for a number of years. You know, he went down with us as well. Um, obviously, he, we had a bit of a merry-go-round of, of, a, um, of managers at the time. Um, and he was loaned out to Mainz in Germany. He was loaned out to Deportivo Alaves and another club. But, you think like if like three managers are loaning him out, what's what's the issue? You know, is it him or is it the managers not not liking him? I don't know, but 
he actually scored a couple of goals in the championship as well, and he's such a fan favourite uh, with the with the Stoke fans. Yeah, to see him come on against Rotherham United and score a header that was just like it was a. <laughs> Because I think it was a couple of games before, and Gary Rowett, like he was, he was almost calling the Stoke fans out, saying, "Oh, like yeah, he's just the fan favourite, isn't he?" Like, because there's lots of questions, like, "Why aren't you playing Bojan?" Like, we were in the Championship, uh, well, we we saw, um, and we had <laughs> Bojan Kirkic on the bench in the Championship. Why isn't he being played? You know, it's it's almost as if like this could be a season to to, to save Stoke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He come out and said, "Oh no, he's just the fan favorite, isn't he?" Of course, the fans are going to be shouting for him, and like it was almost. And then a couple of games after, he scored a fantastic header, and it was almost like a massive middle finger up to Gary Rowett. He really gave Stoke something, yeah, something I've never seen before. Oh, absolutely! I say, what? He's still he's still playing, isn't he? He's over in Canada yeah. now. Yeah, he, he's, he's only thirty. Trees. He's only thirty years old. Absolutely, he's a Montreal impact. Yeah, and he's pulling up trees over there. He's he's doing fantastic, and the worldies as well, absolutely worldies. And I, and I look at them and I cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he just honestly, he and he did a lot for the community to Stoke as well. He was very humble, you know. He gave a lot back to the, to the local community within within Stoke and and on the trusts around around. And he he was very much part of the club. He wasn't just a player, you know. A lot of Stoke fans would agree with me there. Yeah, just an absolute player, and I could not do eleven without him. Uh, no, I like yeah. that. Great choice. Obviously, means a lot to the people of Stoke. And obviously, yeah. if you can, if you're a club like Stoke, you aren't renowned for signing like world-renowned players, and then you pick up a player who, for the most part of his early years, was was known as the next Messi. Even if he didn't yeah. turn out to be that next Messi, to have that level of skill at some point, like you've yeah. still got to have something in there. So to get a player like him for Stoke, it's just like obviously yeah. a lot of credit should go to the recruitment at the time. Yeah. It gave like, us a lot of ambition. Yeah, you definitely. Know, it, it gave us something to dream. Like, Christ, like we're getting these players in, Shun Shakiri, Bojan. You know, even we signed Hesse as well, yeah. Hesse Rodriguez. Yeah. Obviously, that was mm. a massive flop. Yeah, it didn't go very well. <laughs> um, but like it gave us that like, oh hang on, like something might something amazing is happening here. Like, I was yeah. thinking of Champions League. I was thinking about Europe again. You know, it like it gave us that belief and there was a massive buzz around the stadium at the you time. Did, you did get to Europe at uh, one point, didn't you? From yeah, being but it, was, up it in... wasn't even it wasn't even with them. Oh, was it not? <laughs> no. I was gonna say it was before them, wasn't it? <laughs> it was uh it was when we got to the FA Cup final and obviously City um, already got Champions League. Uh, yeah, I think they were second, I think. Um, but they got automatic and somehow it, it came to us somehow. I think we finished the league um, ninth or eighth. Might have been ninth, but um, we, we, we got the qualification uh, rounds for the Europa League. And yeah, it, you know, and we were just dreaming them again. Because like, we had a great cup, uh, uh, Europa League run. Like, we got to the last 16 against Valencia. Yeah, so saying not that by Valencia, I remember that. Yeah, it was fantastic, and um, like just seeing Stoke play against like like European teams, it was just like like what is going on, you know? But like it made like these players made us dream of that again, but obviously it 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 didn't work out. No, it wasn't to be. <laughs> no, it wasn't to be. <laughs> before you uh, before you start having an emotional breakdown, should we move 
move away from Bojan <laughs> and all that. Let's move on to your strikers. There, is there a particular side for either of them? Is it just two strikers? No, just two out-and-out strikers. Cool. And my first striker, and again, he is a Stoke player, and I wouldn't be a Stoke fan if I didn't have this player in my eleven, and that's Ricardo Fuller. Yes. The Jamaican international. And he had 180 appearances for Stoke, scored 43 goals, and again, he was one of the best technical strikers I've ever seen. He had so much skill in him. He could he could really flick it over players. He yeah, he, he was he was strong though as well. You know, he wasn't he wasn't the tallest of players, but he was he was like Shakiri sort of build. You know, a little bit taller than Shakiri, but he was just yeah, he was a strong player. who could hold hold it well. I'll never forget our first home game in the Premier League. It was on. I think it was match a day's goal of the month that month, and I can't remember which director the ball came from, but I just remember Fuller with the ball, and it was against Aston Villa. And he managed to, he was facing away from the defenders. He managed to flick it right over the the, the uh, Aston Villa defender and smash it past Brad Fiedel. And that was immense. That, like, our first home game in the Premier League. And to see a goal like that, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, it was an unbelievable game. Oh, it really was. I think we won the game 3 2, but it, that was one of the best games I've seen. Yeah, I think that that, that exact goal is what I remember Ricardo for the four. He just sort of, yeah. just like one of them players, you look at him and you think, All right, don't worry, lads, we've got this one. Don't need to worry about him. And then he gets the ball and you're like, oh my God, how's he doing yeah. that? Exactly, yeah. He really was a, a, a talent. Like that game as well, I remember obviously I went with my dad and my brother and we actually were on match of the day, dancing. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you <laughs> remember, I don't know if you remember, Drew, but back in uh, when we used to play rugby together, that's when Simon used to start calling me Disco Joe. Yes, because, I do remember, yeah. Yeah, because I was obviously on match of the day dancing. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he still plays football now, uh, Ricardo. He's playing for a non-league team, Stoke, Hanley Town. Love that. And he's 41 years of age, still playing football. I mean, man, I mean just humble, isn't it? many clubs as well. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's had a couple. Uh, from what I've counted here, I think it's 14. Nice. Wow. Journeyman. Yeah. Wow. I think going back to the fact that he's still playing at 41, I think his style of play where he was never the fittest player on the pitch. No. So obviously he had to have something in his locker to keep him going, playing the Premier League and the Championship. So obviously you don't lose that. So if he's still got it, he doesn't need to retire because he's still doing what he did back then. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, like he never came without his controversies as well. Right. <laughs> And there was this one game, he uh, had an argument with our captain at the time, Andy Griffin, and he actually slapped them in the face on the pitch. And obviously, it was a, it was a straight red. And uh, yeah, it was just one of the moments when you just think your own team, like fighting, you know, it's just a, a sight to behold. <laughs> it really is. He took a criticism wrong, I think. Well, I think that was the story behind it. But I, I mean, I've actually yeah. looked it up to see what the reason was. And um, what it was, Andy Griffin was talking about something and then they started arguing and then Ricardo Fuller was like, well, Roy Glatt does more than just throw-ins. And Andy Griffin was like, no, it's just throw-ins. <laughs> True story. I was so invested in that. <laughs> no regrets. 
<laughs> Imagine that though, just like having a bit of criticism and being that pent up about it that you just decide to slap him. Oh yeah, it was. It was it, I mean, it's just you don't do it on the pitch, do you? I mean, you do whatever you want in the changing room. Yeah, get back you to know. the changing rooms, kick a boot in his face, whatever. Well, just there. The, in the Stoke changing room over the years, there's so many stories of Tony Pulis punching James Beattie in the showers. You know, it's. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just, it's just the club we are. <laughs> oh, hey, wow. You've got, a, you've, got, you've got a reputation and image to upkeep. You've got to keep it going, haven't you? <laughs> great choice. Yeah, Who great is his strike partner, Joe? Well, I've gone with someone, right. Technically, he was a Stoke player, but this man has got a hell of a story. His name is Eric Maxman Chapel Monting. <laughs> yeah, he comes to us, it was the last Mark Hughes season. And... There's big news, like you know, you know when you know when um, like teams went a bit mad on like transfer reveals. Yeah. At one point, like over yeah. social media, they sort of died out now, haven't they? But like they, were, they they used to be like big announcements and teases and and all that sort of thing. And oh yeah, big announcement coming soon, rada rada rada. Um, and it said the uh, Bundesliga runner-up or something. And it was oh, what's who's this? Cameroon international. And then Eric Maximin Chapel Monsing. I was like, who the hell is that player? I <laughs> never heard of him before. <laughs> oh, oh, I've seen keen on him, so uh, I'll go with it. He uh, so we had so it was the same season that we had Kurt Zuma on loan as well. So it was pretty much the relegation season. <laughs> and he scored I don't quote me on this, but I think he only ever scored two goals for Stoke. And it was against <laughs> and it was against Manchester United. I yes. did a little and he did two little. He did a little dance with Kurt Zuma, and I think that was it, really. From Eric, it's, it was it was five goals. If that helped, oh, was um, it? Well, they, yeah. <laughs> but I know two of them were against Man United at the start of the season. <laughs> you just had to rub that one in. Yeah. <laughs> it was a draw. It was two all. Yeah, um, he's, um, was... he's a big part of the Bayern Munich squad at the moment, though, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I did not th- know he was there. He is there. I will say. <laughs> yeah. I will say this about Eric Maxim Chupamoting. He was he was top he was tipped to, for the big time before he joined Stoke. And then was he? after he left Stoke, went well, to PSG. Is, yeah. He's got the best agent in the world. <laughs> Literally right? the best agent in the world. Well no, PSG think, and then Bayern. Think about it this way. He he came towards the relegation season. He got relegated from the Premier League, right? So he then went on to PSG to win the to the League On or whatever it's called. He won that. He's been playing in Champions Leagues the same season, like the season after he got relegated. He got relegated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just make that clear. He got and, it's not like he, and it's not like he contributed a lot to stop the relegation happening either. No. No. no, <laughs> no Scoring five goals, yeah. He wasn't pulling up trees. He did a funny little dance with Kurt Zuma. And then he was playing alongside Neymar, Mbappe. Well, it was actually... Um, a very Bit funny, fun. a very funny clip of Chupamoting. Oh, yeah, Neymar, goal, isn't it? yeah, Neymar puts the ball. And it's rolling into the net, and it, it's going in, and it's a crucial goal as well. There was, I think, it was two two. Oh, nice, it was. And all he has to do is nothing, and then he touches it, hits the post. Yeah. Oh, mate! But, but how, how on earth? Like physics just did not exist in in that moment. No. Like it was almost I don't know what happened, but he was he was he couldn't be any more closer to the line, and he was there was no one in front of him. 
I mean, if people haven't seen seen the clip, go watch the yeah, the Chapo, yeah. Chapo Martin thing because you just can't explain it. I you think really... as well, what I find hilarious about that is somebody watched that at Bayern Munich and then went, right, lads, we need a spare, <laughs> we need a spare striker to back up Lewandowski. Who can we get? <laughs> well, there's, there's this guy and uh, he scored five goals for a relegated Stoke and he scored a few games for PSG and then became a very good goal line clearance. Uh, so she said her name, yeah, found yet. Yeah. Who, I, I made again. a joke. I made a joke a few weeks ago about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo having a genie alongside him. I'm thinking Eric Maxim Chupamoteng discovered the same lamp and has been using that genie to get himself to new yeah. clubs every season because there's no Absolutely. other explanation behind that. True. I think you're onto something there. I think the Illuminati is working in his favour. If there's no, uh, if there's no podcast next week, it's because I've been taken out by the Illuminati. <laughs> exactly. I'd imagine yeah. as well. Imagine uh, some for some reason Lewandowski gets injured for Bayern. They're just like, right, who we got? Oh, <laughs> he scored a few oh, yeah. this season. To be fair, has he? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair play to him. I think. I uh, I wish him all the best. Can I just ask Joe? Yeah. I mean. You you mentioned him. You told him as about the uh, the big reveal when they signed him. You've spoke nothing but bad things about him. <laughs> Is there a reason he's in your team? I just think it's a fantastic story. <laughs> okay, I, I really do. I, I think I really do. Um, I thought I thought when he comes to the club, I thought, do you know what? He might be he might be all right this player, and then nope, nope, no. So yeah, he's going in my eleven. Well, there you go. I wouldn't suggest that's the best strike partners I've ever seen in my life, but I bet, <laughs> I bet if one of them scored, they would do some lovely dances. Yeah. It also, <laughs> it, started, it started so strongly with the fullbacks and we've ended with that strike partnership. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> super sub. What are we saying? I mean, there's only one super sub, isn't there? And that is Peter Crouch. Hey, go on there. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> he is. Right. Go on. What are you saying, George? No, literally, again, before before we started recording this, me and Joe were, were talking about a game we were both at, which was one of Wrexham's best moments in oh, the past, yeah. however many yeah. years. Um, I, I, me and my dad travelled all the way, all the way to Stoke for an FA Cup game against, uh, against Stoke, obviously. You know, <laughs> first time they played a Premier League side in, well, probably ever. And... 79th minute, Wrexham go 1-0 up. Absolute pandemonium in the one stand that the Wrexham fans are in. Well, I think we bought about uh, 8,000 fans to that. Game. I think that was the first time for a number of years where you filled the whole away end. Yeah, um, yeah, it was mad. Because usually, usually we, they usually like cut half of it off because they just sort of yeah. do that. But you actually bought then, the whole stand. Um, and the whole whoever Wrexham. was the manager at the time... <laughs> Whoever was the manager at the time, Mark Hughes, Tony Pulis, whatever, mm. decided let's bring on Peter Crouch, and we lost that game three-one. And he did score as well. That is so, why he is my superstar. That's, that's <laughs> just a spite George. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he 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 really is. He's 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 part of the club one hundred. He he was a fantastic. But do you know what? He 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 did great when he started the game, but he was he was more. He had a hell of a more of an impact on the bench and coming on as, as that super sub when there was nothing out of the game I think do you know what we'll just go route one get Crouch on yeah let's get some balls in, into the box to see what happens yeah. and you know I'm sure he's got the record of um, most headed Premier League goals yeah I think it's 53 um, you know and, and to see him 
go into the Club 100 at Stoke and do the robot. I mean, it's just fantastic. Well, this fantastic. is the player that we can we can share a passion for, Joe, because obviously Peter Crouch, former Liverpool player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I absolutely loved Peter Crouch because when he aged, his face matched his body more when he got a bit older. Yeah. Which sounds strange, I know. But when he joined Liverpool, he was only like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And so he looked a bit younger and he just did not look like a football player in the slightest. Famous quote from obviously, Peter, what would you be if you weren't a footballer? He said, probably a virgin. Yeah. And obviously a, a huge character in the dressing room, a huge character in, in this punditry now. Obviously mm. his podcast is a is an imp- inspiration for this podcast. So shout out oh, to Peter. It's a fantastic podcast, isn't it? Is it inspiration or is it a rival? Well, we're not there yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> I mean, if we could get him on, Oof. that'd be fantastic. But uh... yeah. yeah, well, but... do you know what? I am an ambassador for that podcast. Nice. I don't know if you remember yeah. during the during the early days, they they did the ambassadors, didn't they? I've got a T-shirt and a certificate, so I'll I'll send them an email so I can. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. You do that for us. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> see how it works out. I have I have featured on uh, the Peter Crouch podcast. One yes. Of my, one of my questions was read out on the Peter Crouch podcast. So I've got yeah. a bit of rapport with the boys, hopefully. I mean, I've I got nothing. I've got nothing to offer. Sorry, George, you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> he scored an 80 threats, and that's good enough for you. I just hate him for that moment. I don't hate him. I yeah. don't like him. <laughs> Peter Crouch is one of those, he's the epitome of, he's got a good feet for a big man. That famous quote that goes around for any tall player that can kick a ball, which is all of them, because otherwise they wouldn't be professional football players. And I think it's all summed up for Peter Crouch for me with... A goal whilst he's playing for Stoke against City. One of the best oh, goals I've ever seen. Yeah. Incredible. And if you look at Peter Crouch's legs, he shouldn't be able to generate that much power in, in, in a shot. And it well, was I, unbelievable. Yeah, I was there. And to see it go from Begovic to Pennant on the wing and then to Crouch without touching the floor. I mean, and it goes in the back of the net. I mean, just... But that where is... he took <laughs> that shot from as well. Yeah. 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 That is Tony Pulis's wet dream is the ball going from the keeper <laughs> to the goal without touching the floor. <laughs> well, you, you see, I don't, whenever, whenever you see like the highlights, don't you? And, and you see like the replay and, a, and it pans to the, to the um, like manager. All you can see is Tony Pulis taking off that. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just brilliant. I love, I love as well Peter Crouch's story about uh, the celebration after that goal where he was just like he had, he, he wanted to do something, but everyone was just running at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe, that is one hell of a team. Well, some parts of it as <laughs> great. There's, there's some questionable parts, but uh... yeah, but we'll delve into them later. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will get on to your manager, your kit and your stadium. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we have Joe's... 11 questionable 11 at some points but still great and, and a super sub we're going to move on to now the manager of this team okay so i mean being a being a stoke fan i was really torn because both managers had very different experiences at the club but i've gone with mark hughes rather than tony Pulis, and the reasons for is because we had that european injection into the club that flair, that that's something where we thought, you know what, we we are we are really rising up here, and and obviously it was also the ro- the result of our demise into the championship, but 
the best football I've ever seen in a Stoke is played in the Marquis. Yeah. The, the most exciting football I've ever seen. And the 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 oh the, the excitement around the place as well. And it was just a great, great time to be a Stoke fan. Yeah, he made you dream for a bit there, didn't he? Absolutely. And then tore Absolutely. your dreams down and stood on them. Oh, he really <laughs> did. I don't know. I think a lot of Stoke fans would, would argue that, you know, it, it, it was the right time for him to go or he should have gone earlier. But I, I honestly, I don't know if it's, if, if it's the bias in me being a Welsh fan as well and with him being from down the road. Like, I just thought, you know what, I think we should stick with him. Yeah. I see where it goes, but, you know, it just wasn't to be. It got to the point where mathematically it was looking really, really grim. And uh, obviously, yeah, they made a decision. And we got in Paul Lambert. Oh. And, yeah, Ooh, it just didn't happen. That's step, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That that was a, a preview for the next two years. And uh, obviously, we, we've had a new manager, Michael O'Neill now, and he's doing a fantastic job. Stoke and the Mark Hughes. I mean, he's my manager, and I think he did a fantastic job at the time he, he was there. Yeah, good old Leslie. Just found out that's his actual first name. <laughs> Didn't know that. No way. <laughs> um, no way. <laughs> yeah, Leslie Mark Hughes. Something interesting about this choice as well was I just uh, went on Wikipedia, went on Mark Hughes, went down to his managerial career at Stoke, and it says here. <laughs> Mark Hughes's first task was to release Rory Delap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Rory Delap's not staying in the team for very long, is he? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> and that uh, that just worked out perfectly. <laughs> That'd make it really interesting. <laughs> Ricardo Fuller would be slapping people all over the pitch while Mark Hughes is telling people to get off. <laughs> I think with Mark, with Mark Hughes as a manager, he, he's never really done that much well, if that makes sense. I think he did, no. well, did well with Blackburn. And City. Um, but he only had one season at City. Yeah, he did. Oh, was it? Yeah. and then felt like he was there much longer. Fulham the same. QPR the same. And yeah. then obviously went to Stoke and then had like five years at Stoke, fair play. Yeah. And then he went to Southampton for half a season. Saved them though. He, yeah. he saved them from relegation, didn't he? Yeah, and then they got, yeah. they got Ralph in, and he's in the business now. Oh, they're fantastic this season. Yeah, great side, great side. Yeah. But yeah, with Mark Hughes, with Sparky, you know, like Joe said, local lad to us, great player in his playing career. But his, his managerial skills haven't always been the best. But like you said, he oversaw like the European renaissance for Stoke City, which I don't think anybody saw coming. No. To have the players you had and the way you played football. It was just like night and day compared to the Pulis era. So, yeah. yeah. Just... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what, what Pulis gave us, it, it was that strong defensive attacking. I mean, grind out a 1-0 result. Yeah. And then, I mean, the best result was a draw. But if we got a win, fantastic. You know, it, it was it, it was that. And, and, you know, he got us into the Premier League. And, and he gave, if, if anything, Pulis has more accomplishments than, than Mark Hughes yeah. in, that, in the FA Cup final. Beating Bolton five 0 at Wembley in the semi-finals and um, getting into Europe, but for me, just the quality of football that came with Mark Hughes, just yeah, that's why he's in my he's my manager. Yeah, great yeah. choice, great choice. He right, should we? What do you want to? I'm going to let you choose, Joe. What do you want to move on to? Your stadium or your kit? I'm going to go with stadium. I mean, 
it's the obvious choice, isn't it? It's it's where I I have had all my footballing experiences in my life. I remember going as a youngster. I think I can't remember how, what how age how old I was, but I was pretty young. I'm going to say around about five or six, you know, and walking into the Britannia Stadium where it was at the time. But even even as an adult now, drive along the motorway and you just see it in the distance, and it just gives you chills. And for me, that will always be the the home ground. Yeah, nothing quite yeah. hits you like your home ground. Absolutely. It- I mean, I've I've the, my only affiliation to Stoke is my dad because he he's from that area. But like, whenever I go to the Britannia Stadium or the Bet Three Six Five, it's called now. I was going to ask what it's called now. I, did, I didn't yeah. realize it changed. Yeah, yeah, it's the Bet Three Six Five now. But it, every time I go there, I always feel like it's like. Home, the second yeah. home. Home, you know? home, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Stoke, as a city, I probably would stay away from. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, the good thing about the Britannia. It's right on the motorway. You don't have to go in. Absolutely. absolutely. I was going to say, it's it's a proper presence on that motorway as well, isn't it? Yeah, like, it it's really just is. right on the side of it. Yeah. It, 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 it's, wind tunnel. It, it's a fortress, isn't it? It really yeah. is. It, it looks over... Um, over the city, you know, and and you see in the distance, you can see the, the old where the old Victoria Ground was, and and with the Stanley Matthews statues as well, and it's just got a hell of a presence. Yeah, you iconic, know, so. iconic British football stadium. Really yeah, is. absolutely, and it comes with that. Can you do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke yeah, and all that sort of thing? <laughs> and I do the... remember someone saying like the the way it's built is literally like a perfect wind tunnel. Like the wind just flows yeah. perfectly down the motorway straight into the stadium. That's yeah, what makes a horrible pitch to play on. But they filled the corner in, didn't they? And that stopped. Oh, there you go. That's oh. what got relegated. Have they, they, have they filled yeah. that corner in now? They filled that corner in, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's where the wind came from. Um, not long after that, we got relegated. There you so, go. Yeah. Between yeah. that and getting rid of the lap, it was just all downhill, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 I um I I can't I can't argue with that just because one of my favourite footballing experiences is in that stadium like we mentioned before with Wrexham, even though we lost it, such an incredible, incredible experience. So yeah, I'm happy with that one. Great choice. Nothing like we said. Your home ground is always going to be your ground, isn't it? And no one can tell you otherwise. Like you can argue with people till you're blue in the face about what your favourite stadium is, but I think. If it's your home stadium, it's going to be your favourite because absolutely nothing gives you that feeling like seeing your team play in your home ground. Absolutely, I mean the stadiums that I like and the stadiums that I admire and, and all that sort of thing. Like I went to Goodison a couple of seasons ago, first time, and I thought <laughs> that was a <coughs> sorry, I just threw up my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a fantastic old stadium. It's like walking into someone's shed, right? But it's 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 a great stadium, and and like there's 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 loads and loads of stadiums that you can go through, but. When I look at Stoke, I just get that 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 um, that home feeling, like yeah, that's my, warm that, feeling. That's, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, yeah, that's my team. You know. Yeah. No. Well, you can't you can't beat it. You can't no. beat walking out, seeing no. the pitch, seeing no. all the fans and everything. Like that. Hopefully, full fans will be able to be back in stadium soon. Because, okay. Last but not least, kit. What kit right. you do? I'm, I'm again. I'm sticking with the Wales theme, right? And I'm going with the 1976 shirt, right? It's it's an admiral shirt, and it's the one where, I mean, it's obviously it's red, with the with the badge in the middle, 
with the two yellow stripes yeah, down the, the torso, green, yeah, yeah. the green in the middle. I just yes. love it. I think it's fantastic. I'm yeah. pretty sure you can, pretty sure you can pick up like a replica from JD at the minute. Yeah, you can. But yeah, I just love it. I think it's the nicest whale shirt that has been. But the most recent one, the new badge and the and the yellow, the yellow Adidas striped on the shoulders. I really like that one as well. Looks like a spin really, kit. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it big fan. I do yeah. own that shirt. To be fair, it's very nice. It is very nice. They, they never did well on away kits, Wales. No, must say. Like the no, one, one, nice. there was one, there was one that I liked, which was the I think Harry alluded to it in his, uh, the white one with one green sleeve and one red sleeve. Yeah, the Kappa kit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I that like to be nice. fair. I like the current Wales away kit, the daffodil style. Oh, I tell you what, in fact, the best it's a bit Wales Norwich, isn't it? Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> Wales kit, away kit was one we only wore once. I don't know if you remember, it was in the qualification campaign against Moldova and their kits clashed with our kits. So we couldn't, we had to have a one-off yellow kit and it was like a pale yellow with black shorts. And we won the game 2-1 after Ben Woodburn <laughs> came on and changed the game and Harold Robson scored a diving head. Oh yeah, I, th- I think I remember that game. Yeah. <laughs> but such a lovely kit and I was so gutted that they only made it for one game. It's yeah. really nice, and then they just made sort of a, a similar kit now. But obviously, like yeah. I said, I'll be a collector's item one day, won't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like Stoke did that once. Like we we played against Bournemouth, and like we didn't have the right away kit, so they did like a one-off all-white kit, Ooh. and it was it was so nice. <laughs> and like, but they never made it available for like to buy or anything. It was yeah. just literally like, oh, they clash. We can't, and, and our away kit clashes. So let's quickly make one, and and it was like everyone agrees that that kit was just so nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, the kit you've chosen is iconic in the look, and it is absolutely beautiful. And it's also currently £25 on JD Sport. There you go. Well, that's where I'm going after this. <laughs> Didn't Wales make a kit sort of alluding back to that one recently, where it was just like one stripe down rather than two? Yeah, yeah. It was um, yeah. the one that we wore yeah. when Gareth Bale scored the world against Scotland at the yeah. Principality. Yes, it was. I actually own that kit as well. I, um, I actually played the Millennium in that kit. Oh, oh wow! When I, I won a competition, I should point out I'm not really good at football. <laughs> Got a video of it somewhere. That'll be on the Instagram soon. <laughs> <laughs> not somewhere, mate. It's it's framed. I <laughs> uh, don't blame you. <laughs> but no, great kit, Joe. All right then, let's go through your choices. Make sure you're all happy with it. Any last minute tweaks you might want to make. Pull a Mark Hughes on us and just start selling people left, right, and centre. Just get rid of Rory the Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> He's more than just a throw in, you know. Come on, I keep he, he definitely was more than just a throw in. Apparently, the bicycle kick. Hey, I've just watched it, <laughs> it was absolutely unreal. I think it's against Coventry, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Genuinely, one of the best goals I've seen. So, where he was hiding that for the rest of his career, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. He was too busy making throw-ins. Wasn't That's it. it. It's not true. You can't get in the box when you're outside the box constantly throwing it. <laughs> right then, Joe. You went for a 4-3-1-2. Your goalkeeper was Colombian legend Rene Higuita. Your defence, left-back Roberto Carlos. The two centre-backs, great partnership of Ryan Shawcross and Robert Hoof with the legendary right-back Cafu. Um, we move up into your midfield and we've got uh, Joe Gould or Gouldinho as we knew him on the football fit pitch for his the outside of his boot. Uh, on the right hand side of that midfield we had Gareth Bale 
on the left-hand side, mainly for his throw-ins and mainly to get back at Drew for one of the podcasts we had. Uh, it's Rory Dilap. Playing as an attacking midfielder uh, in front of them is Bojan. Yeah. And then your strikers, great strike force or not, uh, Ricardo <laughs> Fuller and Eric Maxim Chupamoteng with a super sub of Peter Crouch. Then moving on to your manager, we've got the lad from Wrexham, which is Mark Hughes. Stadium, which is the now called Bet365 Stadium, but I think it's better known as the Britannia Stadium. And then the kit is the 1976 Wales home kit. Which is Some very nice. lovely choices in there, Joe. All that remains is for you to name this team. We are the Rona Sexuals. Rona <laughs> Sexuals. Rona is in. Corona. <laughs> Love it. Rona Sexuals. What a team. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Joe. Cheers, Joe. It's been real. You're very welcome. I've enjoyed every minute of it. What a team. Yeah. Stoke themes coming through. Stoke, Wales, South America. Not something yeah, you always It started with each South America strong and then, and then quickly went in the left direction. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, the, if you just go through the defence, Rene Higita iconic goalkeepers as iconic goalkeepers go yeah. the hair the shirt the scorpion kicks love it mm. the original the original sweeper keeper 100% I would have loved to have seen someone like Neville Southall try that uh, <laughs> try that scorpion <laughs> no <kick>. chance <laughs> the defenders the first time we've actually had a recognised defensive partnership because they did play together for a very long time yeah. and also the fullbacks played together for a very long time too yeah, it's an odd one, though, isn't it? Yeah, I was yeah. going to mention that as well. I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where Shawcross and Hooth would ever play with Cafu and Roberto Carlos, but no, it's, that's uh... what this podcast is for. <laughs> oh, you can all imagine it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long shot. But like, but like you said earlier, you've got, you've got the two centre-backs, which are very much centre-backs in like hard men, just, just there to tackle the ball, take yeah. it off you, whatever. And then there's a bit of flair on the, in the full-backs. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great choices on that. Like the the two Brazilian fullbacks, Carlos and Cafu, two yeah. of the best fullbacks the world's ever seen, if not the best. And like, a, what a lot of they played at the level that a lot of fullbacks aspire to be now. So yeah, great choices there. I was going to say we we alluded to um, to your dad's podcast and the fact that they could have been inspirations for those uh, to for Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold because we yeah, said. Absolutely. They they are the first time we've seen it really in England, but obviously you saw it back then in in people like Roberto Carlos and Cafu. So yeah, moving yeah. into the midfield, a mixed bag. So Joe Coldinho, <laughs> I don't know if he's still playing. Joe, if he's still playing, good on you, mate. I hope you. I don't know if he even listens to us. <laughs> yeah, I mean the outside of his foot must have worn away by that by this point. Just I don't think he ever used the inside of his foot. <laughs> You can imagine if he started using the inside of his foot, he'd actually be like the best player you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. Yeah. Obviously, then moving on to the, the wingers, Rory Delap. <laughs> Joe said, he's not just about throw-ins and then proceeded when... to explain how good his throw-ins were. So, and how Stoke based their game around it. Yeah. I, I love you, Joe, but I'm going to take a win there. It is just <laughs> throw-ins. And it was, like he said, like he said in the podcast, it was very reactionary. He don't, I think... I think he'd only just listen to your dad's podcast and then just, just in fact, your, your dad's, 
your dad's podcast came out the day we were recording this, so yeah. we definitely just heard it. Just and pure then, rage. Uh... <laughs> a rage pick. Yeah. And then the other winger, our God, he looks like Jesus, Gareth Bale. Yeah. Our God is like, it's not even an overstatement either. You would you would fail to find someone who is a football fan in Wales who does not love that man. No. Absolute hero. Gives us all for the badge every time and yeah. hates Real Madrid. Wales Golf Madrid. Go on, Gareth. And then a second appearance for Bojan as well. Yeah. Um, and the good thing is this time uh, the name was pronounced properly, unlike Harry who said <laughs> Crickitch. Crickitch. Well, what is that? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, what a player. Um, yeah. Like you say, he didn't re- reach the heights that a lot of a lot of people thought he would, uh, seeing as he was dubbed the next Messi, but still a fantastic player. Yeah, definitely. I think he's one of them where it's just that potential of what could have been is the sad thing, but then just the fact that a team like Stoke could have him. Like You just hear Joe talk about it for a while. It means so much to fans of a club like Stoke to have a player that was in that high regard. So, yeah. yeah I, it sort of reminds you of like, when Tevez and Mascarano went to West Ham, where where a club who I'm not saying a small club because they're not a small club by any stretch, but like a club buying a big player from from a big team sort of thing, and it's like yeah. it does it would give you that um, that hold on we're onto something here. Yeah, absolutely, definitely with hmm. with um, with that midfield supplying the strike force of Ricardo Fuller and Eric Maxim Chupamoti, <laughs> which is just outrageous, especially when you have. One of the highest, <laughs> a player who scored over 100 Premier League goals on the bench. <laughs> outrageous. Yeah, I can't, I can't get over the fact that uh, Moting is is at Bayern Munich now. Yeah, like I said, I, his agent is a genie. I, he must be. He must be. That's insane. My genie um, agenda. I'll die on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> if Drew, if Drew disappears from this podcast and I have to start doing the edit, and you'll know why. <laughs> He's figured something out. He's, there you he's, go. I want something. His genies are after me. Uh, Same thing. Yeah. going to come and get me. <laughs> but yeah. That, and then you mentioned uh, you mentioned the fact that Peter Crouch uh, in the hundred club of the Premier League coming yeah. off the bench. Can't I really love, argue with it. No, I love Peter Crouch. I once made him cry as a collective, not just me. I went to Anfield, watched Liverpool Portsmouth after he'd left Liverpool, and we sang Peter Crouch's song. He's big. He's red. His feet stick out the bed. Peter Crouch. And then he was crying and felt bad. Uh, but well, yeah, love Peter what, Crouch. What a man as well. Like, yeah, truly is a great like representation of what a footballer can do post-football. Just Yeah, he, he like a lot of footballers were post, post-footballing career. Their personality doesn't hold up <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. But he is one that absolutely is, uh, has realised he's got a good personality and run with it. Yeah, I think Podcast them, is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's one of them where when players are playing professionally, they get media trained as to what they have to say, which is why yeah. they're always saying, it's not about me, it's about the result, it's not about this, it's about the team doing well, blah, 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 blah. Boring. Peter Crouch was always a laugh in interviews and then ever since going into retirement and doing the podcast, doing his punditry, doing his TV shows, doing all the things that he does. He's hilarious. And he, he's not afraid to tell fun stories. Like he's just, yeah, just a top yeah. bloke, a dream guest. And then we've got Leslie as manager. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie Mark Hughes. Where's he from? I never knew that. Wrexham. There you go. <laughs> not from Stoke. 
Yeah. I mean, I would say he's not a great manager, to be honest, because I think he's been sacked from every job he's ever had. But he, <laughs> he uh, obviously has done some things right to have as many jobs as he has. Great footballing brain. I think it's one of those where, had he not been a former player, he definitely wouldn't have had the jobs he's had. But that's not to say that he hasn't done well in certain aspects of his job at certain times in his career. Yeah. Stadium, right. again, Britannia, iconic. Like we said on the motorway, you see it coming before you get there miles away. And it is. Yeah. It's an iconic football stadium. It really That's, is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like you, you literally can't miss it when you're driving down as well. So it is, it is just there. And it's, it is annoying like that they filled in that corner because that, that story about it being a wind tunnel and things like that. And obviously Stoke knew how to play that because that was yeah. their pitch was always going to be in their favour. But I Ironically, guess. that was the, uh, the downfall, wasn't it? <laughs> just build, building that corner stopped them winning. <laughs> Stoke fans, listen to this. You didn't realise that. I'll be frantically travelling down to Stoke right now to just sledgehammers to knock that thing down. <laughs> and then obviously so the people kit. in red and white knocking down the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, it'll be loads of people in 1976 Wales shirts, actually. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, just Joe, you and me. <laughs> Iconic kit. Really is beautiful kit. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, lovely kit. Can't say much more about that, really. So, yeah, a great team. Our first fan from a team outside the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully first of many as well. Yeah, definitely. Let's nice get more in. Lovely to have Joe on. Great guest. Mm. He's, he's or, a... Before we do wrap up, who's who's the best player in that team? I think it's Ooh. obvious, but... Ooh. Well, uh, it's Gareth Bale, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for me, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you've got Carlos and Cafu. Yeah, I think I think I will I will put my hands up and say I'm being biased at this point, but I, but I can't look back. Oh yeah, so am I. But I just want to uh, just want to. Oh yeah, they're both they're both world class. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, yeah. No, Gareth Bale, hands down, best player. Worst player, Joe Gould, Roy Delap. Only just. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be Joe's going to start a rival podcast, and it's just going to be the Roy Delap podcast. Joe just told us how much he, he enjoys listening to our podcast. This is probably going to be the last one he listens to. <laughs> <laughs> Out of no, spite. yeah, but, but yeah, Joe Goldinho, not a professional football player, so he would have to go down as the, the worst player. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. But yeah, that was the Rona Sexuals Football Club. Yeah. Outrageous name. Outrageous. <laughs> so that's us done for another week. Before we go on to the usual. Here's our social media, please follow us. I just want to give a quick um, shout out to a great man of football. This podcast is going to come out a few weeks after his untimely passing. But yeah, I just want to do a little bit on Gerard Houllier. Gerard Houllier was um, a great manager, a great man, often described as a gentleman in the world of football, which is quite rare. Um, A well-respected man wherever he went. Leon, Liverpool, Aston Villa. Obviously, he was on the FIFA technical committee, so he's obviously a very well-respected man in the world of football. And he was the first manager that I was ever really aware of with Liverpool. And obviously, it's a Liverpool bias because I'm a Liverpool fan. But he sort of blazed the trail that the others that came after him could follow in Benitez and Rodgers and not Hodgson, <laughs> definitely not Hodgson, and Klopp could uh, could do what they did because Hule brought Liverpool back into the to winning ways, winning many trophies, winning a treble of trophies in 2001, bringing three players like Gerard and Carragher, Owen, Danny Murphy. But yeah, I uh, just want to pay my respects to a great man and a great manager in Gerard Houllier. 
Yeah, fantastic manager. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware this comes out quite a few weeks after it, but homage yeah. to a great man. Lovely tribute as well. Rest yeah. in peace. So, that's us done. Another week, another pod. So, if you want to follow us along, you can join us on Instagram and on Twitter, both on the handle at NostalgiaFCPod. Uh, if you want to tag us in stuff, use the hashtag NostalgiaFC. We're on all good and bad and ugly podcasting platforms. I'm mediocre. Podcasting platforms. So, all you need to do is type in NostalgiaFC podcast into any of your podcasting providers and you'll find us which you probably know because you're already here <laughs> and if you can as well give us any sort of feedback you uh, you can preferably good but you know if you feel like we can do something better as well you can give us that uh, if you do want to get in contact with us like drew said you can give us a message on twitter or instagram or just tag us in things yeah be nice to get a bit of uh, fan involvement definitely and also share us with your friends get us out there yeah, this podcast we're loving it. We hope you are too. I mean, you're listening to it, which suggests you're enjoying it on some level, or you're one of our mums. Shouts out to mums. Uh, but <laughs> um, we have listeners from all over the world now. But we'd always like to expand that, and we want to share the love. So, if you want to feature on the podcast, let us know. If you know someone who think you might want to feature on the podcast, let them know, and then we'll happily get as many people as we can on this podcast because it is all about the love of football. So, there you go. That was Joe Richards delivering Rona Sexuals FC. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. Came to us from Schakel. Is it Schakel? The blue team in Germany. Schalke. 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 That's it. Sorry. Sorry. Any Schalke fans out there?